Who won? Anybody here know a lady, a wonderful, beautiful mother by the name of Deborah Snugs? Congratulations. You can pick it up at the Welcome Center before you go home today and have us all a pie sometime this week, and we appreciate that. There you go. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm glad you're here today. And uh, it's, uh, it's good to be with you in worship. I, I love Mother's Day for the very fact that without outer moms, we wouldn't be here. So uh, I'm thankful for our mothers. But seriously, we've been in this series. We're closing it out today. A series we've been calling Home Sweet Home. And if you've missed the last few weeks, uh, I want to encourage you, you can go to our website and uh, catch up on that, order free DVDs at the Welcome Center, there's podcasts available. But what we've been doing over the last few weeks is we've been talking about family, uh, we've been talking about our homes, been talking about family dynamics. Uh, it also applies to most any relationships that we have uh, with, with other people, and, and one of the strongest relationships that we can have is the bond of, of the relationship with our mother, right? Uh, a, a parent or, or a mother-child relationship, a child-mother relationship. And I understand today that not every lady uh, that is here today is a mother. And for some, I understand that that, that can be a hurtful thing for some of you. And we're going to talk about that more uh, in, in, a, in just a bit. Uh, I also realized that not everyone had a mother that was the kind of mother uh, that God intended for mothers to be. And so with Mother's Day comes a wide range of different emotions uh, where uh, some of you may feel joy and excitement because you get to be with your mother, spend time with your mother uh, today. Other of you uh, may feel regret uh, or hurt. Uh, about that relationship because maybe you feel like you kind of got a bum deal out of life when it came to the mother you had or you didn't have a great relationship with her. I also understand the pain that this day can cause for mothers, uh, for those of uh, you who have, you know, your mothers have crossed over from this life uh, to the next. And so I understand the emotions that that can bring and and you still miss uh, her terribly. And that's very understandable and real. So Mother's Day is filled with a lot of different emotions. From one end of the spectrum, like Megan and Nathan here, you know, their very first uh, Mother's Day with Paisley. uh, From, you know, that excitement to the other end of of maybe disappointment or or hurt or or whatever it may be. And so what I want us to look at today is I want us to talk about those emotions, Okay. Uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to the Old Testament book of Isaiah, chapter 60. I uh, know we've been in the book of James for this entire series, but uh, I want us to go to the Old Testament today, Isaiah, uh, chapter 60. And I just don't, I'm not just talking to mothers today, so uh, guys, don't check out on me, uh, teens, young people. Uh, I want to talk to everyone today who has a family, everyone who has close relationships uh, in their lives uh, as we close out this series today, Home Sweet Home. 
And I'm going to try to keep this brief because I know uh, uh, some of you have some really awesome plans uh, that you have scheduled for today. So I'm going to be as brief as I, I can this morning and try to get you out of here on time. But before we get to our, our scripture this morning, I, I was reminded of a time uh, when our, our teens were, were kind of little. And as I was reflecting and I was thinking about Mother's Day and I was thinking about the things that I wanted to share today, my mind just was flooded with different stories and different things that have happened, uh, uh, not just in our family, but in my life. So today, I'm, I'm going to tell you a few stories today. Uh, so uh, if you came to hear preaching, I'm sorry, I'm going to tell you some stories. But uh, I, I remember our boys were little bitty. They were like two or three years old. And uh, stealing car seats and doing all that thing. At the time, Lynette was driving uh, this red Jeep Cherokee, which was so cool, right? I mean, it was just cool for a beautiful, blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman to be driving a red uh, Jeep Cherokee. And, and, and so those of you that are familiar with Jeeps, you know, you know they, they, they don't have just an abundance of room. But by the time you cram two car seats in there, right? We had twins, two car seats, diaper bags, all the things that it takes to entertain a family and, and kids. By the time you cram all that in a Jeep, you're about out of room, right? You're out of space. And so that's where we were, and so uh, we decided that, that we needed a, a, a bigger vehicle in our family. Uh, we did what a lot of you probably did uh, at that point in your life years ago. Uh, we decided to get a minivan, and that is so not cool, right? To go from a, a red Jeep to a minivan is just like one of the most humiliating things that can happen uh, in your life. Uh, but, but we needed the extra room, and we just felt like it was the practical and right thing for us to do for our family at the time. So we began to research it. We began to talk to other geeks that had minivans. And so, you know, we wanted to find out. We didn't want to make a mistake when it came to buying this minivan. And, and so one of the things that we found as we were researching and talking to other people, they said, if you buy a minivan, make sure you get one that has rear air conditioning in it. Because uh, if you don't, you just can't control the temperature. It gets hot in the back, cold in the front, yada, yada. If you buy one, make sure you get one with rear air. So this was one of the things on our checklist for, you know, we... we we're going to have one with rear air. Again, the boys were, were, were little bitty. And uh, so we go to a car lot. We find one we think we might can live with. We're looking at it. Boy, you know, we've got the boys in tow. We're looking in it. Salesman's there. One of the boys, and, and neither one of them could talk very good until they were about 16. But uh, <laughs> anyway, one, one of the boys looked at the salesman and went, Does it have wheel air? Because he knew we ain't buying nothing that doesn't have Will Air because Will Air is an upgrade for the Thrasher family, right? And so if it doesn't have Will Air, we're not buying it. And so uh, it, it was so funny. But as I was thinking back to that time in my life, we were actually at a point in our family and in our life where we needed an upgrade, right? We needed an upgrade in our life. Who doesn't love an upgrade, right? I mean, we all love upgrades. Uh, we do it a lot with our cars. We do it a lot with our, our phones, uh, our computers, uh, sometimes even our homes. But we all love and uh, sometimes need an upgrade in our lives. And one of the things that I love about God and, and our relationship with God is that He is a God of upgrades, and I'm all about that. He wants us to continually 
trade up. He, he, he doesn't want us to just remain living uh, in our old worn down, wore out lives and, and struggling in relationships and having stressful homes. He doesn't want that for us. He wants better for us, right? He wants us to upgrade. He wants you to trade up. He wants you to have a home sweet home and to have a healthy family, a healthy life, productive uh, relationships. And so he wants us to trade up for some things that are so much better. So I want to look at what God's Word has to say uh, about this today in Isaiah chapter 60. And this is awesome. And I believe God wants to speak this uh, into some of your lives uh, today. But it, it says this starting at verse number 16 is where we're going to pick it up. Isaiah 60 verse 16 says, you will know at last that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Israel. He says, I will exchange. I will upgrade. I will trade up your bronze for gold, your iron for silver, your wood for bronze, and your stones for iron. I will make peace your leader and righteousness your ruler. Isn't that awesome to think that God is speaking this into our lives today? Huh? Isn't that incredible? Our God is a God who wants something better for us. You know, sometimes we think of God and we think God just wants to, you know, keep pushing us down and pushing us back and holding us off. Your God wants better for you than what you have. He wants an upgrade for you. He wants you to trade up. And we all want and enjoy upgrades in our lives. Don't miss this. God doesn't want you to stay where you are. And, and remember this. We talked about this last week. Perfection in our homes and perfection in our relationships, that's not the goal. All right? The goal is progress. Progress is the goal. Perfection's not the goal because you're never going to achieve perfection because you're in your family right? So perfection isn't the goal. Progress uh, is the goal. And God doesn't want to leave you in your hurt and, and in your pain and, and leave you with the junk that you've been carrying around, wearing yourself out, trying to carry it around on your own. He wants to upgrade you to something so much better. He wants you to have will, uh, right? And real quickly this morning, I just want to share with you a, a couple of very simple thoughts along these lines. And I believe the first thing we need to understand today is this. God wants to trade your hurt for healing. All right? God wants to trade our hurts for healing. And, and some of you need to lean into this today, right? Some of you need to lean into this and let God make this trade uh, in your own life and in your family today. I, I remember uh, back to a time when Lynette and I were dating. I told you I was going to tell you stories today. But I remember back to a time when Lynette and I, I was dating. And it's hard to remember because Lynette and I dated for so long. It's just hard to remember all the events that, that transpired there. We dated at least, man, eight months before we got married. And so... Uh, uh, but anyway, most of you know I love sports, and I played sports when I was a kid, and even tried to keep playing sports even when I on up as an adult. So we were dating. I was playing that old man's sport uh, called softball at the time, 
All right, I had uh, escalated my athletic uh, abilities to softball, but it wasn't just any softball, okay? Some of you will understand what I'm saying when I say this. It was church softball. Uh, church softball, probably the most competitive sport on this planet is church softball. Uh, those of you that played it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, church softball games are some of the most ugliest, competitive games you can play. I, just think about it. You put some Nazarenes on a field and some Baptists on the field and say, we're going to see who's best. All right? gets ugly, all right? And at the time, I was playing for the Baptist. We were always giving those Nazarenes a good beating just like they deserve. But anyway, we... we <laughs> I'm kidding. But one night I remember we, we had a late game. We were playing in Conway, Fifth Avenue Park. Those of you that played, you remember playing over at Fifth Avenue Park. We were playing over there. I, I was up to bat. Uh, I hit one. I, I, I'll never forget. I hit one, and it was pretty pretty hot. I thought it was going to make its way between third base and shortstop. Well, as I took off, I looked and I'm like, oh, well, their shortstop is better than the average shortstop. He, 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 these were Methodists. They were actually pretty good. And so uh, uh, <laughs> he, he, he was pretty good. And I could tell he was about to make a play on, on the ball. And so I'm like, well, no big deal. A guy of my athletic abilities and speed, I, I can outrun that guy anyway. I can outrun an infield hit any day of the week. So I just kind of turned on the speed, right? I turned on the jet burners. Uh, and, and so I'm rolling down the first baseline, my, you know, my mullet flowing in the breeze. And uh, I, I know it's going to be a close play. And so as I'm approaching the base, I'm like, you know, I got to make one long last stride to beat the throw, right? So I make this long last stride. And instead of my foot touching the base like it was supposed to do, I came up just a skosh short and my toe hit right in front of the base. Now, I don't know. Some of you can't even comprehend this because you're just slow. But for you people that are fast, you know that when you're flying and your curls are, fl are going in the breeze, right? And and your feet come to a sudden stop, there's not but one thing left to do. Bam! Now, some of you run so slow, you fall slow, right? But us fast people, we fall hard because we're going fast. And I caught my toe, my feet stopped, I fell, face plant right there on the softball field. And when I went down, my arm was underneath me. And I knew when I hit, something was bad wrong, Right? And so I'm laying there, I'm, I'm rolling and, and writhing in pain on the ground. It's embarrassing. People are gathering around me. Uh, Lynette, you know, she comes up. She walks out there to, to check on me. And uh, apparently some things were coming out of my mouth that wasn't even appropriate for the Methodist softball game. And Lynette leaned over me and she said, I know you're hurt, baby, but shut your mouth. <laughs> we talked about that last week. Uh, don't judge me. I wasn't your pastor then, all right? And I was playing for the Baptists, so it was all cool. They talked worse than I did anyway. Um, but long story short, what had happened was I, I broke my elbow in two places. Two places, not just one. It was broken in two places. And it was probably the most, it was the worst pain that I'd ever experienced. And I'd broken bones before, believe me. 
uh, but it just excruciating pain. And, and as I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, there are times in our lives where we all have different kinds of hurts and different kinds of pains, and they come in different degrees, and some are worse than, than others. And, 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 but here's the deal. Often they come out of where? They just come out of a blink of an eye. I mean, they just happen in an instant like that. You're rolling along, mullet flying in the breeze, and then bam. You know, you're, you're on the ground. You're, you're writhing uh, in pain. And, and those hurts can come, not just physical hurts, but they can come from so many different places and different areas uh, in our lives. It may be a friend who's betrayed you or let you down at a time when you really needed that friend to, to be there for you. Maybe uh, it's, it's a situation with a coworker who maybe they said some things about you that weren't true or they gossiped about you or maybe it was a boss who didn't treat you fairly or didn't, didn't handle something the way that you felt like, you know, it should be handled. It could be like what we talked about last week, some, some sharp and hateful and destructive words uh, that were spoken to you, maybe in a, in a fight with your spouse or maybe uh, even from, from a parent. It, it could be some hurts and some pains uh, that, that's being introduced to your life now because you're trying to raise uh, a strong-willed child that you just can't seem to, to do anything uh, with, or maybe that teenager that you're trying to raise, and, and, and you know, they, they think you're dumb as a box of rocks, right? And so you can't even reason with them or be rational with them, and, and, and it's causing stress and anxiety in the home. It could be a number of different things uh, that this is coming from, but we've all got these different hurts and pain in our lives, and it's different degrees and different situations that, that it can come from. And I love, you know, what, what God, God, you know, uh, God, he, he doesn't want us to stay in that is what I want you to get from that today. God doesn't want us to stay in our hurts. He wants us to trade up to what? He wants us to trade up to healing uh, in our lives. Now, like many of you, because I've experienced my fair share of physical injuries, uh, it, it's required me to go to a place that is called physical therapy, right? Or in other words, I heard Frank just went, Pew. in other words, hell on earth is what we, we call it, right? Physical therapy. Anybody been there? Physical therapy? Though you know what I'm talking about when we talk about physical therapy is, is not necessarily a, a good thing. Uh, it's not fun. Physical therapy is not fun. I've never been to physical therapy and people act like they were happy to be there, right? I mean, it, it's not fun. Uh, it doesn't feel good. There are times when you don't want to go back. You dread your next physical therapy appointment. Uh, just not a, a pleasant experience. But I want you to think about this. Right, because here's the deal. The road from hurt to healing isn't easy. All right? The, the road from hurt to healing doesn't always happen like that. It, it, it's not as quick as the hurt that may have come on all, all of a sudden, but the road from hurt to healing uh, might take a while, and it might be painful, and it might be uncomfortable. Because they're going to want to stretch you, right? When you go to physical therapy, they want to stretch you in places and ways that you don't want to be stretched, right? They're going to use these torture devices there that they call uh, one-pound weights, right? Some of you have experienced that. 
It's, it's, it's horrible, right? But, but what are they trying to do uh, to you and for you at physical therapy? They're trying to get you stronger, right? They're trying to get you stronger so that you can be healed. And you know that if you won't quit, you know that if you'll stick to it, that eventually healing is going to come in the end and you'll be better than you were. And that is so much like God when God trades our hurts for healing. And he may ask us to do some things that we don't really want to do. He may stretch us in some areas that we don't want to be stretched and to do some things that might be uncomfortable for us. Like maybe forgive someone that we don't want to forgive. Because they hurt us really bad. They did something really terrible. And so you know what? It would hurt and it would not be comfortable and it would not be a pleasant experience for me to forgive that person. But God says this is part of the process to go from the hurt to the healing. You've got to go through the therapy and the therapy includes forgiving someone for what they've done to you or against you. Or maybe he asks us to take a step of faith that we really don't want to take because we're not comfortable in that step. We don't have the confidence in taking that step. And and, and through that, what he really wants to do is this, to make us healthy again. All right? He wants to upgrade you. He wants you to be healthy again. He wants you to be stronger. And there'll be times that we don't like it. There'll be times that we think it hurts too much and we want to quit. Right? But we don't quit because we know if we'll stick to it, there's healing on the other side. There's healing on the other side of the hurt. And we've talked about this before, but we talk about the fact that hurting people often hurt other people, right? And so if hurting people hurt people, then hurting friends hurt their buddies, and hurting employees hurt their coworkers and hurting married people hurt their spouses hurting kids hurt their parents hurting parents man we can sure hurt our kids right and so we don't want to be hurting people do we well, we don't, we don't want to be caught up in, in this hurt because what kind of difference would it make in our homes? What kind of difference would it make in our families and our relationships if we were healed people instead of hurting people? What kind of difference uh, would it make if we were healed friends, if we were healed co-workers, if we were healed spouses, if we were healed parents? If we were willing, uh, we are willing to push through the hurt and the discomfort of the upgrade and, and the trading, then God will bring healing and it will make a huge difference in your home, in your families, and in your other relationships. So he wants to trade our hurt for healing. And the second thing I want to look at this morning is this. He wants to trade your pain for your purpose. He wants to trade your pain for your purpose. And just like all hurts, all of us are going to have pain in our lives, right? We're all going to experience pain. Sometimes it's self-inflicted pain when you stub your toe, right? You're too fast for your own good. So sometimes our pain is self-inflicted. 
Sometimes it may be what someone else has done to us or, or said to us, but we all have pain and we all have broken places in our lives, right? We've established none of us are perfect. We all have broken places in our lives. And, and, and so it's not if it's going to happen. It's that when it does happen, are we going to let God make us stronger where we're broken? Are we going to let God make us stronger at that point and at that place where we're weak and where we are broken? Are we going to let him make us strong in our broken places and broken areas? And as I was thinking about how God does this, it reminds me of another time. Y'all are slowly learning how decrepit and broken up my body is, right? But it's all from abuse, mostly. But I was thinking about God reminding me of this uh, Recent, well, uh, several years ago when I was experiencing a lot of pain, uh, to some degree still do, uh, physical pain. But some of you know that pretty much I've had a lifelong back issue, okay? I was born with a defect in my back that they classify as, as a, a, a form of uh, spina bifida. But I had a, a vertebrae in my back that didn't develop the way that it was supposed to develop. And, and so... Uh, it caused me, it's caused me trouble pretty much all my life. Well, a few years ago, it got to the point where I was losing feeling in my leg. Uh, I could no longer run fast with my mullet floating in the breeze. And man, I miss that mullet. And so, but I, I'd gotten to the point, I was losing feeling in my leg and I'd just be walking along and my leg would just like go out and I would fall. It was like someone shot me. I mean, it would just, bam, you fall. Like, that's how I always had fallen, like that. But anyway, that was going on, and so I knew that I had delayed the inevitable, you know, for too long, and I was going to have to get something to do. So I, so I went to a, a highly recommended back surgeon that some of you have used and recommended to me. He looked at my MRI, saw what the problem was, and, and he told me, he said, you know, we can go in and fix this defect in, in your back. And he said, and I'll just tell you, he said, when it's all said and done, he said, that place in your back will be stronger than it has ever been, and it will be the strongest part of your back once we've done this procedure and it heals up. And so I'm like, I'm all in. I'm all in for that, right? And so two titanium rods and four screws and about a six-inch scar longer, this is, this is what I got right here, all right? Is that not awesome? Y'all are jealous, aren't you? I'm going to be flying to Chicago tomorrow, and when I go through the little uh, lec the thing where they scan you, I set it off. And uh, some of you just wish you were bionic men. I is one. But anyway, you know, as I was thinking about this, though, you know, this place that was weak and this place that was broken and had caused me so much trouble and so much pain in my past is now stronger than it ever was before. Do I still have some pain? Yeah. Yeah, I really have to pay attention to what I'm doing, and there's still some pain associated with it. But it, this broken place in my body is stronger than it has ever been in the past. And I thought, you know, that is just like Jesus. When he comes into our lives, sometimes it's like a surgeon, and he has to cut and go in deep, and he may have to get some deck screws. <laughs> That's what those look like, isn't it? He may have to get some pretty big screws and rods to piece this all back together uh, again. 
But when he repairs the broken pieces in our lives, when he repairs the broken places in our lives, they become even stronger than they ever were before. We become even stronger than we ever were before. And listen, here's the deal. All of the decisions that we make in our life, all of the actions that we take, everything that we set out to do, we set out to do them because we believe that we can do it. We believe that we're capable. We believe uh, that we have what it takes to be able to do it. And so often we don't hesitate to set out to achieve something that we want to achieve because we believe that we can do it. We are also driven by what we believe our purpose is in life, right? Many of you are driven by what you believe the purpose is for your life. And so we know as followers of Jesus, because we talk about it a lot around here, what our purpose is. Our purpose is, is to glorify God. Our purpose is to worship God, right? Our, our purpose is, is to be in a relationship with God. And our purpose is to share that relationship with other people so that they could bring glory to him and they can worship him and they can be in a relationship with him. So we talk a whole lot around here about what our purpose is. Surely you know it by now if you've been coming here for very long at all. And we all know it. If I said, what's our purpose? I'm sure hands would pop up all over the congregation today. And you would say, this is our purpose as followers of Jesus. But here's the deal. We have to get what we know. We have to get what we have in our mind, our know, uh, the knowledge of the purpose that we have. We got to get it out of our mind and move it down into our hearts because it's our hearts that will drive us toward our purpose. Many of us know what our purpose is and what our purposes are, but we haven't let that settle down into our hearts to drive and guide our lives to live for what the purpose is. And I've said this many, many times, and you've heard it before, and you'll hear it many, many more times, but every single one of you that's here today were created on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose, right? God makes no mistakes. He created you on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose. Don't miss that, <laughs> right? Psalm 139, I love it. Listen to what the psalmist says when he's writing about this in verse 13 uh, through 16. He says this. He said, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Right? I, I love this because this touches on what we've been talking about, right? We're all complex, right? None of us are perfect. All of you are a little weird. We've established that over the last few weeks. We all have our little quirks. We all have our little things. We're all a little bit different. He says, thank you for making me that way. Thank you for making me wonderfully complex, he calls it. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me. As I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was even born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Listen, you are God-designed, and you are God-created. He created you the way you are, on purpose. He created you and designed you with his very own 
hands. And so are your friends. And so are your co-workers. And so are your family members. So is your spouse. So are your kids. We're all God-designed and God-created. That should cause us to look at one another a little differently. He made that freak that way on purpose. Right? Don't look at the person sitting next to you. I wasn't talking about them. Talking about my own freaks, my own life. How many times in your family have <laughs> have you heard this? I've I've heard it a lot around my house. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Anybody heard that in your house? What is wrong? Why can't you just put the toothpaste lid back on the toothpaste? What is wrong with you? <laughs> Why when you get the last granola bar out of the box of granola bars, can you not just throw the box in the trash? What is wrong with you? <laughs> Brad? Why every time you get in Sean's car, is it on empty? What is wrong with her? <laughs> Oh, but we often look at those people around us and go, what is wrong with you? You're damaged, you're flawed, you're not wired right. And ladies, while you may never understand your spouse and the things about him that absolutely drives you up the wall, can I just tell you this this morning? You never will. <laughs> because he don't get you. And you don't get him. But if you'll sign up for the marriage class that Lynette and I are teaching at our home, you'll be able to understand each other just a little bit better. Don't mean you'll be able to do anything about it, but at least you'll understand a little better. And we have openings starting in August. But listen, we're all created differently. We're all wired differently, men differently than women, kids differently than adults. I mean, it, it's, it is what it is. And you may not understand it. And you may say, why are you the way you are? You know, why are you this way? But be assured, every single person is designed, wired, and created the way they are on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose. And we need to understand that, that we're all unique because God created us uniquely for a purpose, right? The good looks that you have, some of you, it's disgusting how good looking you are. It's on purpose, <laughs> right? Those of us that look like me, on purpose, bad back, on purpose, that strong-willed child that you have was created that way on purpose. If you're a mother, on purpose. If you're not a mother, on purpose. God has designed each of us the way that we are on purpose, with a purpose. But here's the deal. You knew that. I didn't have to tell you that. You've heard it before. You've heard Psalms 139 before. You know this, that God created you exactly the way you are, on purpose, 
So we have this knowledge. But again, it's here. When we allow that knowledge to go from here to here and into our hearts that we were created on purpose and God has given every one of us a purpose, that will change everything. When it goes from something we know to something we live, it'll change everything. Your home, change your family, change your relationships. It could change your entire life. And so when you get home today and you walk in, I know what I'm going to walk into when I get home. We've been gone all weekend, moved Hayden home from college. When I walk in the door, there's going to be a huge pile of laundry. <laughs> and my wife is not home, and we're leaving in the morning at 5 o'clock to go somewhere else. So if you walk in to something like that when you get home today, something that needs to be done, maybe it just won't be another task that has to be done, but instead we might look at that pile and go, you know what? God, thank you for providing for my family. Thank you that we have these clothes. Thank you that I have a family that likes to play in the dirt. They have the health and the ability to get dirty. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for these gifts. And Nathan, when you make that 10,000th diaper change that you've got to make, I don't know how many you've made so far with one, but you got a lot more coming, bro. Maybe when you're making those diaper changes, you could look at it as an opportunity to thank God. An opportunity to whisper a prayer and say, God, you blessed me with this child. Now help me to be the kind of parent that you want me to be. Help me to be the kind of parent that will guide this child down the paths that you have for them in their lives. Because when we get this idea that we're all created on purpose and with a purpose of worshiping God and glorifying God and connecting with God in our relationships and connecting other people to God in our relationships, I believe that it will change every moment of our lives. Things that we had never noticed before as an opportunity to glorify God, worship God, praise God, and share God in those moments and, and in those times. But we cannot do that until we let God do an upgrade. We can't do that until God does some trading up in our lives and we let Him trade all of our hurts for healing. And let him trade up our pain for our purpose. And so this week, that's been my prayer for every mother uh, that's here today. But not just mothers. Every man, woman, and child that's here today. That's my prayer for you. Is to know that our God is a God of upgrades. He's a God that wants to trade up in your life. He wants better for you. He wants better for your home. He wants better for your family.
And again, listen, perfection is not the goal in our homes, but progress is the goal. And so I'm praying that for you, and I'm praying that for me. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this reminder today that is really nothing new. Like we said at the beginning, it's, it's, rather, it's actually rather simple. We know who you are. We know what you want to do. But God, um, sometimes we don't allow that to move down into our hearts and, and actually drive our lives to uh, pursue the, the plan and pursue the things that you have for us in our hearts and our lives. I, I just pray today that your Holy Spirit would have a freedom here to do the work that you want to do in our hearts. It's in our hearts that this change has to take place, where you do this upgrade, where uh, you, you trade up for better. And God, I thank you for loving us enough to want to do that. I thank you for loving us enough to create, create every single one of us uniquely. Because the uniqueness about me is to be used for your glory. However you've created every single person that in the, that's in this room today, you did it on purpose with a purpose in mind to use them, that talent, that ability, whatever it may be, to use it for your glory. And so, God, thank you for making us aware today of that again. But may we not just walk out of here saying, you know, what we heard is good, but we'll actually take what we hear and apply it to our lives and allow you to do the work that you want to do, that you would mold us and make us and shape us into who you want us to be. Because that will bring you glory and honor when we allow you to do that in our lives and in our families, in our homes, and in our relationships. And I just want to thank you today for what you're doing. And we want to be careful to give you the glory. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Happy Mother's